0: listening to hashtag no filter with zach peter if you're not doing so already go and give me a follow at just plain zach because i post really funny tweets and really cute selfies especially in like you know with my holiday sweaters like all that holiday fun vibe new year's vibe it's happening and you're gonna love it so don't forget to follow me at just plain zach um today's guest is going to give us some really good advice she's gonna be asking you if you're okay She's going to ask me if I'm okay, and I'm going to tell her no, because I'm never okay. No, I'm joking. Um But she has a very funny and very helpful new book out. It's called Are You Okay? A Guide to Caring for Your Mental Health. And she... Is so funny online. Well, not funny, but like you are funny, but you have such great advice um, that you have on your YouTube channel, your family therapist, your book, which is now a bestseller on Amazon. Congrats. I was looking at it this morning. So awesome. Congrats. Your YouTube channel has over 640 subscribers. Like that. You're like a real YouTuber now.
1: I guess so. We could say so. After you're like seven a Tyler, years, Yeah, finally. you're Tyler
0: Oakley. They <laughs> think people think it happens overnight, and it only happens overnight when you buy your followers. And you did not. You put no. in the work. Please welcome today's awesome guest, Katie Morton.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be
0: here. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Just a little frazzled from traffic, but that's Los Angeles. You know? That's Los
0: Angeles. You came from Santa Monica. Yes, Santa Monica Culver City. That is traffic. Mm-hmm. You well, just thank never you. leave. Thank you for making the commute out. Except for you. you, for you. Like, I'm always in the back of an Uber going from one part of LA to another. Same. It's crazy. Uh, did you Uber here?
1: I actually didn't. I finally had the car. We only have one car we share. Mm. So, you know.
0: Uber is the future. It
1: is. It really is.
0: It really is. If I don't have to drive, I'm like down for it. Okay, Katie, you have to answer my icebreaker questions. Okay. Every, every guest that comes in here has to answer these four fun questions. First one, what's one word your mom would use to describe you?
1: Mm. I guess unfiltered
0: unfiltered okay so you're just like a perfect fit for the show
1: I, I think so from a, from a very young age
0: <laughs> i love that fun fact what's one thing about you people would not expect
1: um i grew up on a christmas tree farm
0: what does that mean
1: it means that when so i grew up in the middle of nowhere first of all that's very important to understand okay and then my grandparents But to me
0: nowhere is just anywhere outside of los angeles or New oh York. well
1: then like really like Like really in the middle (laughs) of nowhere. Um, Like the nearest closest city is at least like 30, 45 minute drive. Yikes. And there's no traffic. And that's not LA like 30, 45 minutes. This is just like you're going 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, My grandparents had a farm when my dad was little and then they retired from doing that and turned it into a Christmas tree farm. So they planted Mm. Christmas trees all along that area
0: that used to be a farm. And so people would go there to buy Christmas trees? Yes. Like year round or like just around Christmas?
1: Just around Christmas. So we'd get everything prepped and then people would come in. Like the people who we they sell it in the lots here, uh-huh. they would come with like big trucks and they'd mark all the ones they want. And then one guy would come out like for a whole day and just cut them all and take them away.
0: Wow. Yeah. So did you know how to like, were you like a, a boss business lady that you like negotiating prices for Christmas trees?
1: Um. I mean-
0: I kind, of, love mm, kind this of maybe
1: but not really it was more just like finding good bows for people because they'd want to have like the perfect thing across their mm. mantle and all sorts of stuff like that and trying to talk them into a bigger tree because that'd be more money mm. yeah
0: okay <laughs> what is your drink of choice katie Morris? Ooh,
1: dirty martini
0: mm. vodka or gin vodka mm. i like that most people like the traditional is with gin i just yeah it's
1: just not my th- i mean i don't mind a gin and tonic but i don't want it in a martini
0: i don't really know anybody that really even likes gin or cares for gin
1: I've never heard anybody be like, "That's my favorite drink."
0: Yeah. So yeah. dry, wet. Do you have a preference? Like, I feel like m- martini drinkers are like very specific about what they like. I like it wet. Wet. I like a dry martini. Okay, this last question is my favorite mm-hmm. question to ask people. Ooh. If you had to be reincarnated mm-hmm. as a Kardashian, Ooh. which one would it be?
1: I'd probably be Courtney. Courtney. Just because she like gives the least amount of fucks, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. And she's also kind of into health, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And she's always like reinventing herself and I enjoy that. And she's like a good mom. So
0: yeah. She's a good mom. She gets like 24 year old boyfriends. Like right? you do you, Courtney. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm down for Courtney. Most people don't like her. They think because she because she doesn't give a fuck so much that she's a bitch. But oh. I feel like that's like not a nice connotation to associate with somebody that just like embraces who they are.
1: I think it's just authentic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I'm here for it.
0: I'm here for it too. It's an, it's a less filtered life than Kourtney Kardashian. Exactly. Okay, Katie. So your new book is called Are You Okay? How to Know If You Need Help and Where to Find It. Mm-hmm. How do I know if I need help?
1: If you're having trouble functioning, like I say functioning because everybody's level of functioning is different. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're normally able to do, if that's getting really, really difficult and it's hard for you, let's say, just to get up on time or shower or uh, engage with people that you normally like to talk with, they like socialize, okay. if that stuff's getting difficult, you should see someone.
0: Okay. So is it like a, because here's the thing. I feel like it, we're having such a moment in our culture right now where everybody, you know, is struggling with depression or struggling with anxiety. I, I find anxiety being a little more common than depression, um, but that's just for my own observation. So how do we know if it's like a real kind of debilitating problem or if, you know, we're becoming kind of consumed with, um, you know, just the overstimuli that we have in our culture right now.
1: I think if, um, and first of all, anxiety is more common than depression. So, I so. yeah, so you were correct. Nailing this you're so interview. good. You didn't even need to
0: look up the statistics. You knew.
1: <laughs> um, I think if, um, if the anxiety or overwhelm or stress that you're feeling happens, even when you try to take care of yourself. So like if you're trying to Uh, Take a bath or hashtag
0: uh, self-care Sunday.
1: Exactly. If you're like petting a dog or spending some time with a really close friend and you still feel those symptoms, whether Mm -hmm. it be like super sad, lethargic, not enjoying yourself, or it might be like racing heart, sweaty palms, uh, you know, racing thoughts, any of those things that they're still going on when you're trying to do something you love. That's that probably means there's something else going on.
0: So another kind of counter argument that I've heard to people that have are struggling with mental illness is that we're it's more of just like trying to seek attention.
1: Oh, no, I I don't like that because I feel like that just adds to the stigma. Yeah, because we can all benefit from therapy. We all need help. I mean, I love
0: therapy. Me
1: too. I see a therapist and I love her and she's amazing. And she always points out things whenever she says like, so what I hear you saying, I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) I've got something really messed up. Um, So don't think I have all the answers and my life. Just perfect. Because that's not true. Love it. But I do think that, like, it's okay for everybody to talk about things and to say they need help. How much better would we all be if we just spoke our truth and said like, yeah, things aren't as great. We don't have to pretend our life isn't Instagram. We don't always Mm -hmm. look perfect. I think you don't always
0: look like you have dog ears. on.
1: No, that would be nice, though. But no. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't think that people are seeking attention. I think that we all just have some stuff we got to work on.
0: So would you say your book is more for somebody that's looking to support people that have uh, mental disorders or vice versa, that it's more of like for somebody that thinks they may be struggling, that's trying to look for coping or you know strategies to help themselves?
1: I think for both, because there's there's stuff in there for both people. First of all, a lot of it is just like how to find the right care and mm-hmm. what kind of care. And that's really helpful for the user, the person that would want to get therapy. But I think if you're a parent and you think your child needs help, this is helpful for that. I think also if your spouse or loved one or close friend is going through it it might just be helpful for you to educate yourself about what it can be like and how they may be trying to navigate those waters. And then at the end of the book, I go through like communication strategies and toxic relationships. And I think everyone can benefit from that.
0: Oh, yes. You need to cut some some people out of your life sometimes. You do. Because they're a little too draining. They're those like energy vampires and you need like a goop repellent to get them away from you. I call
1: them a black hole.
0: Oh, yes. So what do you think about this term? You know, I feel like there's a whole generation that's labeling this younger millennial generation like snowflakes are too sensitive. You know, you need therapy. You need safe spaces. Like this whole conversation about mental health is just, it's a bit much.
1: I think that there, some people have taken things a little too intensely because I'm always telling my audience, I'm like, life isn't trigger free. Yeah. Like we can't make it always safe. It's not like you can always be in a padded room of yeah. society that just doesn't exist
0: that but, sounds nice. i know doesn't, <laughs>
1: but i do think that there is something to like us just being more aware of other people um because things like have you ever watched an older tv show and you're like oh my god you could never say that now like that's yeah. so offensive and i don't think that that stuff is always bad i think we're learning and trying to be better mm-hmm. and so as long as we're you know taking care of our own ish yeah and being res- responsible for our own stuff as well as you know we're being concerned enough about other people. I think that's like, it'll end up balancing itself out. It'll be like a nice, healthy place to live. It won't be like a padded room because that's just not life.
0: You know, it's really interesting because I, and I've talked about it on this show and on another show that I host uh, called Hashtag Adulting about my struggles with bulimia and how I actually went into a treatment center for four weeks and and had to address that um, a couple years ago and how I remember sitting in there and I did like two consultations, like before I was actually admitted. And there was a point where I was like, am I just doing this because I like the attention? Am I just doing this because I want, I'm seeking, you know, people to pay attention to me right now. But then I'd realized like I had gone in there like secretly from my friends, from my family like i was doing this like like trying to hide this other life that i was basically living and Mm -hmm. allowing it to kind of consume me to the point where it was becoming debilitating and it was taking away like every single thought was like about what i was going to eat and how i was going to purge and how i was going to you know it was just like so ridiculously consuming to the point where i was like oh no i really do have an issue
1: totally and eating disorders that's my specialty actually in my practice Mm. they're like sneaky motherfuckers
0: they really are to
1: tell you like Oh, you know, like if you were sicker than that, like then those people take you seriously or like, well, then you could get help. But that like line keeps moving and moving and then it tells you you're a horrible person and all you want is attention. Yeah. But meanwhile, you haven't told anybody and there's so much shame and embarrassment associated with eating disorders that nobody talks about. And people told me it's like vanity and stuff. I'm like, yeah. just get in their head for like a week. See how you feel.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, it's not about vanity. Like it's enough is never enough. Mm-hmm. Like you're not 90 pounds. You're not 80 pounds. You're not 70 pounds. You're not disappearing yet. So it's not an issue.
1: Totally. Yeah, and it's no. not even really about the food.
0: That's no, something. it's not about the food. It's about, you know, the control. It's about managing what you're feeling because you're not dealing with your shit. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Um I'm glad you got help. Thank you. Yay. You know, I feel like it was a really, and I didn't even tell anybody that I was even in treatment until like my second week, until like the end of my second week when I was like, okay, I need to actually like, you know, open up about this in order to like seek help from the people within my own community. Yeah, to create
1: your support system when you get out.
0: Absolutely. Um, And to help them understand that like, this isn't just me trying to like, you know, just be skinny to look cute for Instagram.
1: Yeah, that's not what it's about.
0: So I want to talk about uh, prescription drugs because I mm-hmm. feel like that's another kind of hot topic is like some people, you know, are all for it or some people are, you know, in fear of abusing it and don't really want to go that route. Do you believe that there is an alternative or natural, you know, way to treat mental illness? I think,
1: first of all, not a doctor, just throwing it out there. I don't prescribe medication. I don't recommend like certain types. But I do tell my patients and my viewers that if you're drowning in the symptoms Like, let's say your anxiety is so bad, you're having panic attack after panic attack and you're going to therapy and it's just not helping because you're like, I can't do that. I'm maxed out. Mm -hmm. How am I ever going to try to do this homework you're asking me to do? I can't journal. I can't take walks. I'm like freaking out. If the symptoms are so bad, medication helps and it can get your head above water so that you can participate in therapy more fully. Okay, But I don't think medication... Fixes anything necessarily. For most of us, if we're struggling with depression or anxiety, we just need more tools and we need to understand how we feel more quickly, be more mindful of ourselves, and like have healthy outlets. Okay. And I think medication can get us to the point where we can practice those, almost like it's a new muscle we're like building. Then maybe over time, with our doctor's consent and understanding, like we can titrate off the medication and be okay without it. There are some people who need medication forever. There's no judgment in that either. I think it definitely has its place in the therapy world, but I just don't think it's the end-all be-all. And I don't think it necessarily fixes anything, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. So what do you think is contributing to this rise in like mental illness?
1: I don't think it's really a rise. I think it's an awareness. Okay. I think a lot of people struggled with mental health issues before anyone ever started talking about it. And people don't have the words to put to it. Mm -hmm. Like, I always think back to uh, my grandparents who've passed away or like other family members that I've known. And I'm like, wow, I think, I think they had panic attacks. I think that's what that was. But they didn't know and they didn't have a word to put to it and nobody talked about it. And we, we weren't as educated as we are now. Right. And so I wouldn't really see it as a rise as more of like a, an awareness.
0: Okay. I and think I think that's... it's a good thing. I think that's fair. Do you think that with all of the social media and constant stimulation, that that could also be contributing to it?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I think that there's definitely perks to social media, like connectivity and understanding.
0: Dog face filters.
1: 100%. <laughs> but I do think that, like, the instant gratification and people wanting a lot of outside validation and the constant stimuli of, like, oh, there's more things to watch, more things to do. You can never keep up with it all. I think that if I was like 12 years old, that would be really hard for me. Yeah. But as an adult, I'm just like, Ugh, you know, I can I could take it or leave it.
0: What is your take on 13 Reasons Why? Oh,
1: hated it. Why? Hardcore hated it. Um, I made a video about the first season, refused to watch the second one. Okay. Mainly because I don't like the thought that suicide can be t- used as revenge. Okay. And I feel like that tainted it for me because I understand people are hurting. And a lot of my viewers liked it and were mad that I didn't like it. And that's totally fine. each their own but i just don't like to think that anyone would take their own life thinking that other people they'd get to see what other people think and feel about it Mm -hmm. and they would get to like have that revenge or do you know what i mean yeah and because i told my audience when i was recording the video about it i didn't realize how angry i was until i was making the video about it (laughs) and like all of it came out i was like oh it's so
0: frustrating
1: and i was like She wasn't there. Yeah. All that you saw, she wasn't there. Yeah. You just have to remember that because I know that people um, try to take their own life when they feel like it's a really hopeless place and they Mm -hmm. feel terrible. And I just want people to know that like, that's not going to fix it. Yeah. You'll be gone. But that's not the scenario.
0: So do you think that it helps to create a more positive conversation around suicide? Or do you think that it kind of puts it glorifies it in a way that is unhealthy?
1: I think it glorifies in a way that's unhealthy. It does start a conversation and Mm -hmm. I'll give them that people talk about it and that it's great. You were talking about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it definitely started some conversations that needed to be started, but it was super triggering for a lot of my viewers and they were hoping that it would be like hopeful in the end. And it didn't. And again, I didn't watch season two, but I don't plan on it. And I just, I really just didn't like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. At the end of the second season, it closed with a scene where one of the characters, um, was approaching the school dance and he had a rifle and he was going to come in and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it was going to cause, a, uh, you know, similar to what we're going through in our culture right now with gun violence and, you know, kids having access to it. Um, And so there at the end of the second season, spoiler, if you haven't watched it yet, uh, the other students kind of get involved and kind of prevent him from entering the school grounds and get him out of there before the police actually show up. So my question for you is like, is that a healthy way to navigate somebody that's really kind of dealing with mental health issues?
1: I mean, if it's putting you in harm's way, no, there are people to call. There are resources out there you know, reaching out that way is better than putting yourself into it. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I would hate to think that someone trying to do good could have happened to get shot. Yeah. Because if someone's already that far along, like, I think, let me go back, I guess. I think if as a friend or as a person who goes to school with someone else, you're probably the first to notice some bizarre behavior. Right. And I think that's when we need to speak up. We need to catch it earlier. Obviously, if we catch someone trying to go in, call the police. Yeah. Don't do it yourself. They're trained. Like at, at children or young adults, like we don't know. We wouldn't know what we're doing. Yeah. And it's a little too dangerous.
0: So what are some of those red flags that we can kind of be aware of?
1: I think isolating. Okay. Like if someone used to, even if they just had one or two friends and they used to sit with them at lunch and then they're, they're all of a sudden on their own or they're not coming to class as much or they're not paying attention, we'd notice that they used to take, you know, crazy notes and just some changes in behavior. Okay. Because if you're noticing they used to do something they're not anymore and they're not engaging with other people- I would talk to someone, ask, or even check in with them. If you know them well enough, be like, hey, I've noticed you know, you're know, you not really around as much. Are you doing okay? I'm here if you want to talk.
0: Yeah, some withdrawal.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So as somebody now, I I talked about, you know, my struggle with bulimia, but I don't think I've ever really suffered from like debilitating depression or anxiety. So being that those are two really common disorders that a lot of people are kind of facing right now, how do we approach that within somebody else? Like, how do I, you know, I've heard some of my friends kind of talk about how they struggle with depression or they struggle with anxiety. Like, how do I help them in a way that's supportive and non-judgmental?
1: I think like I talk about on my channel all the time, like we can't force anybody to get better. Unfortunately, we can't make them go to therapy. We can't make them want to, they have to want it themselves. I'm
0: very like, fix it. Like, let's do it. Let's address it. Let's make it better.
1: (laughs) Totally. Which is wonderful. And it's because you care, Yeah,
0: but excuse me,
1: sorry. But I think if you try to push somebody into getting help when they're not ready, you might push them away and make them feel worse. And that's often a common side effect of people don't recognize they're like, I'm trying to help. Yeah. And so I think the best thing we can do is to check in. Like I said, like, Hey, I've noticed, you know, maybe they've been flaking on plans or they haven't been returning your call or they're just being distant. You can say like, Hey, I've just noticed you're distant. Is it something I did? Or I'm here. If you want to talk that just opening the conversation, giving them chances to talk to you and then offering, like if they are open and say, Hey, yeah, I'm just, I've been super depressed. Then you can say, I'll help you find a therapist if you want, or maybe take you to that first appointment we can support, but we, we can't, make it happen? Yeah.
0: So what are some kind of healthy ways to support without being, because again, I'm very like, let's fix it. Like, let's go. Let's, I'll drive you there right (laughs) now. Like, let's do this. You know, and sometimes I realize that can be a bit too much. So like, how do we kind of, um, you know, gradually support them? Is it just like helping them find resources? Is it just being willing to kind of have a conversation with them?
1: I think it starts with a conversation and then it moves into resources. And it's always okay to ask them, like, do you want me to help you with this? I'm willing to, and giving them the opportunity to say yes and to let you know it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you can even say, I don't want to overstep, but I'm I'm ha- more than happy to take you or I'm more than happy to help you fill out this paperwork or make that call or whatever you can do to assist. Just checking along the way to make sure that they're still really cool with you doing that.
0: Okay. I like that. So why do you think we have such like a big stigma around mental health at the moment?
1: I think because you can't see it. Okay. It's not like a broken leg. Or, like the flu. Like, we see it, we know it, and not everyone goes through it like a common cold. We've all had a common cold. Yeah. And so, I think it's easy for us to be like, oh, it's just that. I know what that feels like. But when someone tells you they have bipolar disorder or an eating disorder and you yourself haven't had it, a lot of people are like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I think when you can't see something and we don't talk about it enough to educate ourselves, people make up stories and they make up what it is. And then we have media perpetuating these nasty stigmas, having like a schizophrenic person be really dangerous and violent. And they're not statistically speaking. They're not. And so it's like, let's all work together to better understand because most people with mental illness are just have anxiety or depression. That's the most common. Yeah. This means we feel overwhelmed a lot or we're just struggle to enjoy things like we used to.
0: So is it are these disorders that we can really kind of treat and move beyond? Yes. And not have to like have it debilitate our life? One hundred percent, yes. What do you think about social media? Is it healthy? Because I feel like there, you know, we have opportunities like Instagram Live, and we have, you know, opportunities to share videos on YouTube channels to kind of share what we're going through and find a community that can relate. Do you think that that creates a healthy opportunity for us to connect with people that maybe aren't necessarily in our circle? Or is it similar to like 13 Reasons Why, where we're kind of exploiting the issue?
1: I think it kind of depends. I always tell my audience to be very cautious about what you allow yourself to digest. Meaning what are you viewing and digesting yeah. with your brain, not eating, but that too, but <laughs> being more mindful of what you're watching and what you're it, what kind of conversations you're engaging in, because I do think social media is really great, like I have many viewers who live in like the middle of nowhere and are part of the lgbt plus community and they wouldn't have access to people like them mm-hmm. where they live, and I think connectivity is so powerful yeah, and to realize you're not alone and to have other people you can express how you feel like. 12-year-old me would have loved that. I grew up in a really small town. That would have been so freeing and so nice. And I think almost everybody feels that way. And so that is great. But just making sure that we're not using, you know, any kind of social media to shit talk someone else or bring someone else down or be a troll. Yeah. You know, because that, honestly, that's a red flag to me that you need mental health help because yeah. it's like you're so angry and upset all the time. It's like oozing out into everything else.
0: Do you think social anxiety is a real thing? Oh, yes. Yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen it and you've been around it, yes. It's debilitating.
0: So to your earlier point, though, that, you know, there's just more awareness around it. Were we just not, like, were people just not going out and they were just kind of isolating themselves? Most
1: likely, yeah. Or sitting in the corner on their own at a table. Like, we've all seen those people at parties or the one that's hanging out, like, on the very edge of the bar. Like, kind of towards, you know, where people can't really see them Mm -hmm. and they're by themselves. I think it was... Definitely still happening. We just didn't have a word to put to it. And people do misuse mental health um, terms wrong. Like, I just get stressed, and people say, "Oh, I have anxiety," and it's like, "No, you're just stressed yeah. out. That has a reason. Like, anxiety doesn't always have a reason for it. It just can come out of nowhere." And so I think, interesting, yeah. So I think like understanding the comp- the actual terms you're using is really important.
0: Are we overusing the term anxiety? Yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I, I I feel like I even catch myself using that word, oh, that term too. sometimes. And it's really, and but but I think about it, but like, I'm like, but it's not, it's not like controlling my life. Like I'm just overwhelmed at the moment.
1: Exactly. And that would be the right word to be like, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I have, I'm i stressed. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely overuse it, but I'm no better. Don't think it's like, <laughs> you're horrible. It's just being more aware and just trying to do better.
0: So for those of us that may be kind of facing uh, some of these struggles or disorders, um, we, we kind of give some advice for people around them to support them. But what are some kind of first steps that we can take if we feel like something is kind of controlling our lives?
1: I think honestly, the first thing you can do is talk to your friends and family about it. I think that's always the first stop because it's easy. Whoever's already supportive in your life, you can reach out, invent a little talk, see if that helps you because sometimes that's enough for people. But if you find your functionality getting worse and worse, and no matter how much you talk about it, it doesn't make it better. That's when I would make the first step, which is either ask a friend for a referral. If you know a friend's been in therapy and they like their therapist, ask them. Word of mouth is the best. Mm -hmm. But then in the States, like we have health insurance. You can go through your health insurance and pull a whole list. And in LA, that list will be huge. And you can just pick a name that sounds nice, Mm -hmm. which sounds totally silly, but you have to start somewhere. And you can even look up online for some reviews. There's not like one site you can go to to get a review. Unfortunately, I wish there was, but... You can read around, you can check their license, make sure it's up to date and there are no complaints filed against them. That's something easy to do.
0: Can I check their Uber rating while I'm at it? 100%. <laughs> <right now. laughs>
1: no, but just doing some basic research like we would before we date somebody now because you have social media and you can like oh check them out, right?
0: I know, it's so bad. I was so, like, dig- I like knew what Homeboy did like in 2014, December 31st. You're like, who was that person <laughs> I saw you with?
1: Yeah, totally. So at least do the same for your therapist. Okay. And then make a few appointments with a couple different therapists therapist, two or three, and feel it out. You should feel comfortable. You should feel like they're on your side. They hear you. They listen. You're in it together. And then take it from there.
0: What's your take on dating apps? Um, Does it help or hurt our kind of relationship with ourselves?
1: I think it depends on which ones and how you engage with them. Because if you're just on a dating app to have a good time, like a lot of my friends are like, oh, I just want to hook up with people. And that if that's your expectation and that's understood and communicated through your profile, totally fine. But if you're looking for like a serious relationship, make sure it's communicated on your profile and make sure you're still doing things to take care of yourself because it can be really negative. If you're not getting the good feedback and you've like messaged three people and no one's Yeah. Yeah. So because validation and like love has to come from within. So just make sure you're still doing that for yourself and talking nicely to yourself. Be like, I'm, I'm something good. People would like me. I'm really good at my job. I have a really great podcast. You know, you still have to talk (laughs) nice to yourself.
0: Okay. Did you read the Amanda Bynes paper article? No. So she, well, we all know that she's clearly struggled with some mental health issues a few years ago and, you know, kind of had a moment in, um, in the news where it was really kind of exacerbated. And so I, my question to you would be, how do you feel about the way we kind of exploit things in pop culture, exploit mental health and kind of make it a headline versus actually creating awareness around it?
1: Yeah. And that does bother me. Because I, and I'm always very co- like cautious and cognizant of what I do and that it's not exploitive. I want to make sure that it's always done to educate mm-hmm. and to offer tools and support. And so if a celebrity is fine coming out about um, about their mental illness, like Demi Lovato is a great example mm-hmm. where she's talked openly about it and she's partnered with a lot of different you know resources for people. And I think that's great because then she's not, not only normalizing it, being like people struggle, everybody struggles. I have a quote unquote great life. And I still struggle. That's wonderful. And then here's some resources. But if it's done just to gain views and eyes and money, that's when it starts to bother me because it shouldn't it shouldn't be done that way.
0: Do you think it also when celebrities speak out about it? Do you think it sets an unrealistic sense of responsibility for them to then continue to be open about their journey and kind of be an example for people?
1: Yeah, because there's going to be things you want to keep private. Like, I think that's the struggle with social media as someone on social media is people will always ask for more. Yeah, and if you, you don't have, if you don't have healthy boundaries in place, what's going to be left for you at the end of the day? How much can you share? And like some of that stuff in therapy and your work, let's say you have an addiction issue, like how much of that are you really going to want out there in the world? And you can't take it back. And that's, that's your own private personal struggle and work. And I mean, it's great if you want to share it and it, it doesn't harm you at all. But I always tell my viewers, I'm like, never give anyone the bullets to kill you. So don't put information out there that later could really hurt you because you can't take it back. And I don't think enough people consider, especially children, like teenagers, especially because we're so impulsive when we're that age.
0: You just do a ton of stupid shit.
1: Totally, and then I <laughs> thank God I didn't have social media. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I know. I
0: can't wait to see what everything what everyone's going to be going through in the next ten years, and we're adults and all our social media is out there, right? Oh no! All the dirty laundry is out there. Burn it down. I love it. Okay, you, Katie, your new book is called "Are You Okay: A Guide to Caring for Your Mental Health: How to Know If You Need Help and Where to Find It." And it's on sale now. Yes. Congrats again! It seems to be doing really well on Amazon, from what I saw this morning. Thank Where you. Where can people go to learn more about? you and the book and follow you uh youtube validation yes validation
1: uh youtube.com slash katie morton and all of my socials are katie morton k-a-t-i-m-o-r-t-o-n
0: i love it are you okay I'm okay now that I talked to Katie, and her new book is called Are You Okay?, and it's great, and you need to check it out. If you're going through anything or you have anybody else in your life that you feel may be struggling with mental health issues, it's time to, like, create a conversation about this that's healthy and not exploitive. So be sure to follow Katie, get her new book. It's called, Are You Okay? And it's available now. You can order it on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Get it to your house like tomorrow because that's what our life is, convenient. You guys can follow me at Just Plain Zach. And thank you for listening to Hashtag No with Just Plain Zach. Don't forget to tune in every Wednesday, subscribe and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places it's out there. So go and listen and leave us a five-star review because I love five-star reviews and I love your validation. Thank you so much for listening. And in between, then I gotta go read this book. Are you okay? Okay, bye.